Our scripture reading comes from John 13. That's uh, page 900. That's an easy number. Page 900 in your pew Bible. It's our uh, tradition to stand for the reading of God's Word. So when you find page 900, if you would please stand. This is the story of uh, the recording of the actual events of Jesus washing his disciples' feet in the upper room on that last supper, that Thursday evening before Good Friday. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and he took a towel, tied it around his waist. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you'll understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, 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 I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light for our path, inerrant, infallible, authoritative, and true. And we pray now, Father, that you would be the teacher and preacher. Speak through your humble servant unto your humble servants. Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our entire persons under the message you would have us to hear, understand, and apply. Father, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. You're commanded to wash each other's feet. You're commanded to wash the person's feet to the right of you. You're commanded to wash the feet of the person to the left of you. You're commanded to wash the feet of the person in front of you. You're commanded to wash the person's feet who is sitting behind you. You're commanded to wash feet. It's the command of John 13, verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so too you should wash each other's feet. 
Mondy Thursday. M-A-U-N-D-Y. Mondy. Why is it called Mondy? What does that mean? Well, the word Mondy comes from the Latin word mandatum, from which we get the English word mandate which means command. And what is that command? John 13, verses 34 through 35. A new command I give you, says Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. Not as you would love someone, but Jesus says, as I have loved you, so too you should love one another. I love you as Jesus loves me. I should. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In other words, you should be a servant. You should wash one another's feet. Jesus died on a Friday, as I said. Good Friday, good for us. Not necessarily good for him. And knowing that the hour had come, he wanted to have one last meal with his disciples where there was no arguing, where, where, where there was no uh, disruptions, where there were no interruptions. Just one meal. Can we just not eat one meal together in peace? <laughs> have you ever said those words? <laughs> I hear that sometimes at my house. And so he prepared this supper, this last supper, knowing he was going to lay down his life that Friday. The last supper in the upper room. He made preparations. It was to be a special night. And at the dinner table, at the dinner table, the disciples begin arguing amongst each other about who would be the greatest. I will be the greatest. I will sit at his right hand. I will be the greatest. I will sit at his left hand. I will be the greatest. I will pour his wine and hold his cup. I will be the greatest. And Jesus gently chided in Luke 22, the kings, the kings of the Gentiles, Lord it over them, act in this fashion. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the leader like the one who serves. And Jesus being the consummate teacher, the perfect teacher, not only tells his disciples, but he shows his disciples and taking off the outer garment, he wraps a towel around his waist and he washes his disciples' feet. You are designed, you're created to be servants. Listen to the words of Matthew 20 and Mark chapter 9. Who of you would be great? Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever would be first must be last and servant of all. For the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve 
And if Jesus can serve, if Jesus can put on the servant hat, then so can I, and so better should I. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. Serve wholeheartedly. With all your heart, serve. Ephesians 6, 7. As if you were serving the Lord. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. How? Why? To serve others. 1 Peter 4, 10. Galatians 6, 9-10. Let us not become weary in doing good. As we have opportunity, let us do good. Or in other words, let us serve all people, especially believers. Let us not become weary in our service. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. One of my favorite verses. For you are God's workmanship... Created in Christ Jesus, why? Ephesians 2.10 You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In other words, to serve. You're created to serve. Preach the gospel always and sometimes use words. Galatians 5, verse 13. Serve one another, how? Humbly, in love. So our Christian service involves meekness and humility. Not a suggestion, a command. And Jesus says in verse 14, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so too you should also wash one another's feet. In other words, you should be a servant. It's an argument from greater to lesser. If the God-man, the second person of the Trinity, through whom all things were created, can wash our feet, then so can I. It's an argument from greater to lesser. The NIV study Bible says Jesus urges and exemplifies servant leadership, a trait that was as uncommon back then as it is today. Four quick points about our Christian service, about our foot washing. Number one, Christian service, Christian foot washing must begin with love. Look at verse one. Having loved his own who were in the world, Christ now showed the disciples the full extent of his love. In the Greek, the word for full extent is eis telos. E-I-S space T-E-L-O-S. Eis telos. It means to the max, to the end, to the uttermost, absolutely, perfectly, fully, to the highest degree. As Buzz Lightyear might say in that children's cartoon, Toy Story, it means to infinity and beyond. The full extent of His love. The foot washing is the full extent of His love. I think there's a deeper message and meaning to Jesus' taking water and a towel and washing his disciples' feet. 
if it means to the uttermost. Love, agape here, A-G-A-P-E, a selfless concern for the welfare of others that is not called forth by an equality of lovableness in the person loved, but is the product of the will to love and obedience to God's command. And what is that command? Verses 34 through 35, a new command I give you, says Jesus, love one another. As I have loved you, as I have loved you, so too you should love one another. We're so quick to love others in the way we want to love them. Don't you think? God reminds me I should love each of you and others in my lives as He loves you, not as I would love you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. I hope you don't miss the evangelistic thrust of verses 34 through 35. I could never be an evangelist. I couldn't be like Reverend Billy Graham. I couldn't be an Elizabeth Elliot. Why not? All you need to do is show some love. By this agape love, all men and women and boys and girls will know that you are my disciples. Francis of Assisi prayed it well, Lord, let me not so much seek to be loved as to love. The pulpit commentary, the service demanded in the foot washing is the self-forgetting ministry of love, forgetting self, which places the interest of self behind and below those of others. I love this quote by Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Our Christian service must begin with love because Jesus' Christian service began with love to the uttermost, to infinity and beyond. Point number two, if we are to serve as Christ served, we must be humble. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, and being found in the appearance of a man, Christ humbled himself and became obedient to death even on a cross, and we're called to take up our own crosses. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Are you considering others better than yourselves? Each of you should look not only to your own own interests, but also to the interests of others. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. You know what the foot washing was? The foot washing was a hospitality shown to those who lived in a dusty country where everyone wore sandals or went around barefoot. It was a thankless task usually performed by the lowliest of all household members, the lowliest of all slaves. Nobody asked Jesus to wash his disciples' feet. He just saw a need and he did it. He put the interest of others ahead of his own. 
Humility is the opposite of pride. Pride says, let someone else do that. Let someone else serve. Let someone else wash feet. Let a slave do that. John Calvin says, we should not grudge to descend to do a service to our brethren and equals, however mean and low that service might be. May I show you how great Jesus' humility was? Verses 11 and 12 of John 13 says, For Jesus knew who was going to betray him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. What do we learn? First, Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him, verse 11. Secondly, Jesus washes Judas' feet, verse 12. He washed all his disciples' feet. Imagine if you knew someone was going to betray you, if you knew someone was speaking ill about you, if you knew someone was going to do something to you, to harm you, and you knew that fact, would you humble yourself and serve that person like a slave and wash his or her feet? So great was Jesus' humility and love that he continues to reach out to Judas, lovingly calling Judas back into right relationship with Him. And until we have such love, until we have such humility, we cannot serve as Christ served. We cannot wash feet as Christ washed feet. Point number three, you are not blessed until you actually serve. John 13, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, we read books about Christian service. We talk amongst each other about ways we would like to serve. We listen to sermons. I hope you're listening about Christian service. But we are not blessed, says Jesus, until we serve. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The great medical missionary, Albert Schweitzer, you may have heard that name, writes, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I do know, the only ones amongst you who, really, who will really be happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. And I want to remind you that we serve not to be saved, but that we are saved that we might serve. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, lest anyone can boast. But then in the very next verse, verse 10 of Ephesians 2, Paul writes, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works. In other words, to serve. Sometimes I hear, well, pastor, now is not a good time. I'm under a lot of stress. Taxes are due. (laughs) 
Now's not a good time emotionally. Now's not a t- good time psychologically. Now's not a good time physically. Now's not a good time relationally. Now's not a good time occupationally. Now's not a good time financially. Now's not a good time educationally because exams are on the way. Now is not a good time spiritually. I'm in a low valley, Pastor. Brothers and sisters, notice verse 3. Jesus knew he had come from God and was returning to God. In other words, Jesus knew that he was headed to Calvary the very next day. He knew the crucifixion and the cross lay before him. And more importantly, he knew that very soon he was going to experience hell on the cross. Total separation from God the Father, from him whom he had known nothing but infinite, perfect, blissful, joy and communion and unity and relationship. And our sin, your sin, my sin, would work a wedge between that holy, blissful communion. Jesus was so grieved that it would appear that he would sweat blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was under more stress than any of us ever will be and can ever imagine. And yet, knowing his situation, what do we find Jesus doing? Washing his disciples' feet. And his example of service under pressure, of courage under fire, of washing feet under the greatest anxiety and stress this world has ever known is our example. Verse 15, as I have washed your feet, as I have set you an example, you too should do likewise. My final point, you cannot serve as Christ served until you're born again. Verse 8, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. The Expositor's Bible Commentary says, the external washing was intended to be a picture of the spiritual cleansing from evil, a cleansing from sin. Let me read that one more time. The external washing was intended to be a picture of the spiritual cleansing from evil, a cleansing from sin. In other words, you must be born again. Have you come to the fountain which never runs dry? Wash me, Savior, lest I die. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilt and stain. You want to be a servant? You need Jesus to wash you. You must be born again. You must accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if there be anyone here tonight who has never made that decision, I invite you to come talk to me. There's no greater decision you will make in all of your life than to repent of your sin and turn in faith to Jesus Christ for salvation. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, as vile as he, wash all my sins away, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. Come today. Come tonight. May this be your resurrection Easter. But if you've already accepted Christ, as I suspect most of you have, then I want to remind you that if we are to serve as Christ served, we must remain holy. We must remain abided in the vine. 
We must be Christ-like in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions, in our motives, in our desires, in our attitudes. And we can't do it in and of our own strength. It must be Christ-righteousness and not self-righteousness. Will you be a servant? Francis of Assisi prayed, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. John 13, verse 14, As I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so too you also should wash each other's feet. Let us pray. O Lord, we marvel at your love and humility that you should wash our feet and that you should call us into relation and communion with you. We reflect and remember how you have washed us spiritually in the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you. Help us to serve as you have served, not an empty service, but one that gives you honor and glory and that points to you. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.